What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. going on hogline nation welcome back to the hogline podcast i am your host mitchell manis alongside my wonderful co-hosts jack manis and andrew schreffler welcome back hogline nation it is through another week of nfl action through five weeks bye weeks have started so i'm sure your your fantasy teams are feeling the uh the wrath of injuries and bye weeks at this point certainly and we're on to week six, but we're going to be here to recap the action of the Steelers and the Eagles, of course. We've got a fun little third segment for you guys. Uh, I'll just tell you what it is right now, but we have offensive coordinator rankings. We're going to be talking about our average top five and our average bottom five and all the discrepancies that we had because it was, as we were telling each other, very hard to do. And of course, at the end, we'll conclude with our weekly picks. Shref, Shref, uh, Shref back. That's the question. That's what we're so. Bad. That's what they're my, asking. My record now almost looks worse than it. It's like now it's like it's not even like what we talked about, like being impressive. If I went like over now, it's just like sad. So I got I, I got some climbing to do. It certainly got less funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, so. Shreff went two and one. We'll get to that at the end. Um, but overall, pretty good week for all of us. Um, but we'll backtrack a little bit. The Eagles went to Los, a- uh, Los Angeles to play the Rams. They were favored by about four and a half points, depending on which sports book you uh, divulge into. But the Eagles won by nine, 23 to 14. Shref, what was your uh, impression? It was, again, a close game around halftime, but the Eagles pull away at the end. Yeah, um, I feel like I've seen a lot of people talking about this, at least like online, but I feel like this was just another reminder of it. They're, Eagles are very good at finishing games. And when, when it comes to Nick Sirianni, I, I, I have my qualms with him in certain spots, but I like he's a, he's a, really, good, he's a really good coach. He's a very good head coach, and it it shows in the way that they're able to finish these teams off, like just milking clock, but not doing it just to like you know, run, run, run on whatever. Like they they're very good at uh, working out these like nine, ten minute drives, and they they're like efficient nine, ten minute drives. It's not like they're just standing around penalties; like they're moving the ball. Um, so I'm gonna keep this one a little quicker. So I'm I'm more just gonna talk on like some individual performances. I'll start with Jalen. 
Um, I thought he had another great game. Uh, I'll start with the interception. Um, it was another. It. It's, I feel like this year with him, uh, he's made some bad throws, but I also feel like there's been a lot more throws where the communication seems to be off. Um, the one to AJ was. Uh, AJ was clearly just going straight up, uh, just straight down the field. I think he was hoping for the normal. Hertz puts it in the bucket, the late hands, all that fun stuff. Hertz, for some reason, thought he was going to go back shoulder with it, so he threw it to the back corner of the end zone. Uh, the corner was able to jump in front, pick it off. So, Keller Witherspoon. Keller Witherspoon. That's exactly right, Jack. Um, so, yeah, that was, I mean, it was a blip on the radar on that one. I'd be, I would have been more upset if it was, uh, like, just a bad throw than, a, like, because the throw was seemed to be where he wanted to put it. It was just the incorrect place to put it. Um, timing of it wasn't great. I'm trying to remember. I want to say that was like been like early third or something like that when the game was like they still had to kind of try to pull away a little bit. So not great timing for it, and something I would like them to get corrected. But I really I can't complain too much about Hertz's performance. Also put up 15 rushes for, for 72 yards. I feel like this was the first time that we saw the run game with him get going a little bit. I feel like so far at like the last few games it had felt like just really like inefficient QB runs and like it felt like Hertz was just kind of like falling down after like a yard or two so it was like it was getting to the point where I was like well why why even bother calling these plays if they're just going to result in like a bunch of nothing but I thought it went great this game and I would like to see a lot more of it going forward because I think it takes the pressure off of like a DeAndre Swift who I'd even unreal this season needs to be RB1 but we've talked about it with him before durability has always been an issue and I would prefer if they can use him still like to an amount that they like, but a little bit less so that he can, you know, keep healthy for the rest of the season. I would like him to be there for the long run. So that was one thing. Uh, Dallas Goddard appeared. Um, I'm sure fantasy owners were probably ready to quit on him. And just when they were out, he pulled him right back in. Um, what was it? Eight catches, 117 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I don't know if it was something the Rams were doing or something that the Eagles weren't doing the weeks prior. But all of a sudden, it was it was the Goddard show, and that was kind of what I feel like everyone expected to see with him this year. Um, in, uh, season got cut a little short last year with injury, but he was money when he was playing, so it was good to see him back and like actually contributing. Um, on the defensive side, I I'm a broken record, but Jalen Carter keeps doing uh, Jalen Carter things. Two sacks on the day. He's been unreal. We I've said it every week. Uh, as long as he can keep his head. You know, in the right place, I, he's going to continue being really, really good. Um, I'm assuming we'll see a snap count go down a little bit because Fletcher Cox should be coming back this week. Um, but, I mean, it was nice to see that he could play. I think he ended up playing like 70% of the defensive snaps and clearly showed that he could still handle it because he was still mauling guys late into the game. Um, so a, a very good sign going forward. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep it quick because, I, I mean, I don't, I'm sure you guys might have questions, but I thought this was a pretty – complete win there were certainly like moments in the game where things weren't looking great i thought stafford played pretty well uh like we i think cup had like it was like six or like seven catches in the first quarter and then i think like won the rest of the game or something like that they did they limited i, I rewatched this game and i i want to take note of that and i think cup had like six for 98 in the first okay. half but they were really limited in the second half to only like three for like 20 something yeah so it, it was a good sign that they were able to make some adjustments and like the i mean I know we 
weren't like crazy high on the Rams coming into this season, but they they've proven week after week that they're a, they're a formidable opponent and they're not going to be like an easy win every week. Um, so I, I really didn't have many complaints outside of like that one interception. And uh, I mean, there were times where like they kind of got stopped, but overall I felt like they had pretty good control of the game. Um, and I will, I mean, this will actually lead into what our, our segment, but I I'm Brian Johnson's, I think is getting better week to week. It seems like it feels like he's getting a much better understanding for the flow of the game, making the right calls at the right time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I know it's the rant of the week, but I, this one, I, I don't really have too much to rant on. So if you guys have some questions, I'd love to uh, retort. I just have two. Well, one's kind of like a comment and it doesn't really have anything to do with the game. And then the other one uh, kind of does. Well, my first question is, When's Devontae Smith going to come back? Because I need him to in my, in my league. Yeah, I mean, this, this was kind of how it went last year, too. Like, you would have the one-off games where they would both go off, but it like it's it's a fantasy owner's nightmare, but kind of like fans' dream, where it's like any week one of these guys can kind of decide they want to take over. And I, I mean, I'd like to hope that by the end of the season, it's going to kind of get to, like, where their, their numbers are looking pretty similar, just because that's kind of how it went last season. Um, but... At the same time, I, I I don't have any answers for you on the when. Like, it could be any week. It, it's the way this team is. It's the way the offense is built when you have this many guys that, you know, there's certain games where you're going to like something you see, and that'll be it. But um, I, I'd, like, I'd like to tell you that by the end of the year, his numbers will average out to what, to, to I think, what you would expect them to be. Well, I hope so, because it was looking like a home run of a anyone who picked him in, yeah. their, in their fantasy drafts um, yeah. but a little bit of a disappearing act over the past few weeks but hopefully he can uh he can bounce back and return to well, where he was in the first couple i mean if if we think sauce gardner is going to be uh following aj brown around the field maybe maybe next week is the week hopefully i don't know about the weather report so hopefully it's a nice clear day yeah i know it's supposed to rain here in philadelphia but and we, we will see about that. Uh, my second comment slash question that doesn't have anything to really do with the game was, did you guys see Dallas Goddard's girlfriend's TikTok? No. I don't think I did. What was it? <laughs> so she posted a TikTok uh, of her celebrating Dallas's first touchdown of the season. And she's like, obviously goes nuts or whatever. And then I, and then I guess the TikTok was posted on Twitter and someone replied to it. And I was cracking up. It's like, so she sat there for the first four weeks just with a ring light, just waiting, and nothing happened. She had to sadly turn it off at the end of the game. I just every, thought that was so funny. Time. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Oh, she was at home. She wasn't yes. at the Yes, yeah. she was at home. Yeah. Yep. It was a very, very delayed gratification. Yeah, that is, that is a funny thought. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I just saw that, and I thought that was pretty funny. So, But that, that's it for me, unless Shaq has any questions. We're coming on the game. Uh I think Jordan Davis had one tackle, but he looks massive. <laughs> he just takes up he's so much so, room. He's he, so big. Is yeah. he? What's his snap count like? He doesn't play every down. Like no, is he that, doesn't. Um, he's he's pretty much a he's a first down like guy, pretty much like that. That's kind of what they. I think he only ends up. I think on average he only ends up playing like forty to fifty percent of defensive snaps. So he's a he's very much like a situational guy. He's been mm-hmm. awesome this year. Um, like you said, like he's. It, his numbers aren't always going to show up on the stat sheet, but that's not why they drafted him. They drafted him because he's 
like the biggest human I've ever seen in my entire life. And he can yeah. just eat up so much space. And when you have guys like Fletcher, Jalen Carter next to you, like giving them the opportunity to maybe go one-on-one is uh, invaluable. So yeah, I, he's great. Yeah. He's, he's just a, he, like having him on my team is, is so fun. Like just seeing him out there, like, yeah, it's my guy. Like, it's fantastic. He's so large. He's, he's massive. And I, I guess when I, when I saw him make that tackle, he like swallowed up. I think it was Kyron Williams. And I, I was like, why is he not playing more? And he's like a first round pick, but I guess, yeah, Fletcher Cox, I guess you're just kind of grooming him to be the next yeah. Fletcher. I mean, not like whatever what Cox hope. is done. It basically, what it, it'll come down to for him is it seems like he, he talked about it a lot in training camp that he said he thought his conditioning got a lot better. So I don't mm-hmm. even think it's a conditioning thing. I think it's more of a like just not developed enough as a pass rusher where you don't really want him in there on like a second, third down if they're going to be. Yeah. So hopefully um, in, the, in the coming years that'll improve and we'll see more snaps because he's he's just he's just fun to watch. And then other questions similarly, what is uh, what's Nolan Smith up to? Like, is he get in a lot or what's uh, that, what's that like? I'd have to look. I think he he gets snaps. He's in there. Um, it, he's he might only be playing like twenty. Like he might only be getting like I don't know, like ten, eleven yeah. snaps a game, something like that. Um, so it, it's hard to like judge on it i mean he's been out there it seems like i mean the quickness i from what i've seen has kind of jumped off still and the interesting thing and i was wondering it was because like at georgia i think we talked about a little like they were they were playing him like against the run too and he was like inside and was making that yeah they they are putting him in there on on russia on rundowns so that that's interesting so they're using him in a way that i thought they maybe would um Mm -hmm. but i mean unless josh sweater hassan reddick get hurt i don't I don't think this year will be a year where, where we're going to be seeing too much of him. Yeah. So yeah, I guess he does play edge, not really middle linebacker. They've the, uh, middle they, linebackers they've are. Him, they've dropped him into coverage a little bit from what I've seen, but I yeah, I, it's just it's not really where I want him. And I also like Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Marr have been playing well enough where I don't think they need him out there. And then Nicobe Dean practiced today, so he should be coming back. Maybe and Nicobe Dean plays like inside, right? He plays. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he plays like okay. He's their middle linebacker, and, and then normally Cunningham, I guess, will play their like outside backer now. But and what, like Reed Blankenship, he's also the inside linebacker. No, he play. He's safety. He, but they, he's like a safety. Okay, he's a safety. But they, I feel like they they let him play down like downhill. I think they drop him down a lot. He, I feel like he's like makes so many plays. He's always around oh, the ball. He, he's most tackles like for them last week. He's he's only twenty four undrafted. For yeah. He, yeah, he was a good find by them. Went to the yeah. same school as Kevin Byard and trains with him. Oh know, really? So something to think about. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 yeah cer- certainly speaks to the testament of the Eagles' defensive line because I feel like on almost any other team, these guys who are first-round picks can only can only see about you know twenty, thirty, forty percent of the snaps. Where any other team, uh, they'd be rushing them to get out there. So the it's very good luxury to have, and it's something that we talked about a lot in the off-season as well. Yeah, coming to fruition. It's good to see. It's how how he likes his teams built. He's going to keep building them that way. We'll move on here to the Steelers, who somehow, some way, found a way to beat Baltimore, seventeen to ten. What a game! Scoring seventeen unanswered points after falling down ten to nothing earlier in the game. I will go first, unless Jack has any objection to that. No. I mean, it, it doesn't need to be said, but the defense played out of their mind. I kept saying, 
I think it was particularly after the Cleveland game, how this level of play on defense can't be sustained. And while that is true to some degree, the defense is just going to will us to win some weeks throughout the season. Uh, and, you know, when when they play up to their, their ceiling, it's going to be a game like this where they're just literally going to will us to win. Uh, you know, the offense did not do the defense really that many favors as they haven't all season so far. But it just seemed like that there was no way that they were going to let the Ravens march down the field and even have the have a chance. That just really felt that way. I mean, TJ Watt, two sacks, two tackles for loss, two pass defenses, and a fumble recovery at the end of the game. That's just his average stat line, I feel like, at this point. Really He's on pace, on pace for 27 sacks. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Highsmith, obviously the big strip sack at the end of the game. I thought the middle linebackers played really well, uh, particularly Quan Alexander, three tackles for loss. So although I feel like our middle linebackers aren't like top of the league type players, they're definitely a big upgrade over last year. Um, so I certainly am appreciating and liking what I'm seeing from that position group. And the rookies, um, you know, they didn't play a ton of snaps. Keanu Benton played uh, 33 snaps and Porter played 28 snaps, but I think they definitely made the most of them particularly Porter, everyone, you know, who was watching saw the big play in the in the end zone, which I felt the game was going to be over at that point when Gunnar Olszewski fumbled and Ravens got ball inside the 10 yard line. I thought, OK, well, it was a fun game, exciting game, but it's it's over now. So they they uh, they really solidified and tightened up down there in the red zone and obviously the big play by Joey. So that was really encouraging to see. Um, something that's not encouraging to see is almost going eight quarters without a touchdown. I mean, that's just, I mean, how does, how does a team even win a game when they, when they don't score a touchdown for 118 minutes of football? I mean, that's gotta be knocking on the door of some records, right? I do feel like at this point. Yeah. Well, actually, no, that's not true. The, the Patriots actually have not scored a touchdown in two games at least because they they lost thirty eight to three two weeks ago and they lost thirty four nothing. So, at least we're better than the Patriots at this point offensively. But yeah. cool. going back to the offense, I thought we looked better when we increased the tempo. I don't remember exactly at what point in the game it was, but we started to kind of pick up the pace, maybe go a little bit of no huddle. I thought that was. Um, Something interesting that I don't think we had I'd seen much of, at least this season so far. Um, hopefully we can maybe incorporate that going forward. Very impressed with Jalen Warren and George Pickens. That's not really surprising, though, just considering how good of football players they are. I'm just glad that they they stepped up in the absence of others. Uh, you know, hopefully this is the last game without De- without Deontay Johnson, which it seems like it will be, considering he said he'll be back after the bye week. And uh, no, no Friar Muth for probably a game or two more. And I think the last thing I'll say is if, if Kenny can play careful football, uh, which he did in this game, no turnovers, over 220 yards, a touchdown, I think we'll be okay. I think that's the key. As long as he limits his turnovers, which he did down the stretch of last year, which coincide with more wins, I think, uh, I mean, overall, it was a it was an intense game. My hands were sweaty. Uh, it was emotional roller coaster, but somehow we came away with the win, and uh, somehow we're we're winning this division in our bye week, and 
it's just unbelievable how. So Jack, you can take you could take it away. It's just I literally said after the game, I'm like, I don't know how I do this every single week because it was just, it was you guys, anxiety, anxiety. You guys have been through a lot. <laughs> you guys, yeah. You guys have been the highest highs, lowest lows, and it's only been what five weeks so far, right? Yeah. So, Jack, your thoughts? Uh, I I disagree with your first statement that the defense played well because I don't think it really. It, at the end of the game, I I look back like I guess I can lean on the. <laughs> We only let up ten points, so like the defense, but the front, the front seven play well. Like they, the the Ravens got busy on the ground early. Um, defense made some adjustments, settled in, uh, and corrected that. And then on the ground, we played our run. Our run defense was great. Like Larry Ogunjobi was up at the line, pressuring, and then Lamar dumped it off to uh, what running back at the fumble? Was it Hill? It was Justice Hill. Yep. And then Ogan Joby chased him down like 15 yards and then got, punched the ball out. Um, great play. Um, but the secondary is so bad. It was mainly just our corners. I think our in Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace, they rank like 79th at, and 91st, something like that, this past week. And our backup rookie ranked first via PFF. Um so our defense is vulnerable. We have really bad corners uh, who are starting. We got to get Joey Porter as, to be a starter. And like you'd think he'd be starting going forward, but our DC, Terrell, Terrell Austin, said Joey Porter's time to start has not come yet, even after the pick. And he has like, he's allowed a zero passer rating on like 84 coverage snaps. Uh, it's like he's allowed like one reception to Devonta Adams for 12 yards. Uh, has the a clutch pick, um, and another reason I say the defense didn't play well is that the the Ravens had I think five drops and two of them at least two of them would have been touchdowns. So, um, that just if those are just caught easily, it's just an easy twenty four. They Ravens have twenty four points on us. That's not great. Uh, so they have some stuff to clean up over the bye week defensively, especially offensively. Um, but I do give the events credit. They did they did lock up a little bit down the stretch. Like the only, they weren't Ravens weren't gaining ground on us. And when we have such an elite pass rushing do and TJ and Highsmith, like it just those guys are just are going to make plays at the right time. And like the only reason the Ravens had a chance, well, they had the lead, but they punt punted to us. Uh, and we Gunner fumbled. And that's how they got the ball from the ten. So it wasn't really a defense fault. Garolchevsky is so bad. I he, <laughs> he has twenty eight career touches on the Steelers. Four of them are fumbles. He fumbles fourteen percent of the time, touches the ball. It doesn't that even excludes because it wasn't a fumble. His 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 kickoff gaff where he uh, yeah. caught it and keep his toes in bounds and cost thirty five yards for no reason. Yeah, he did that one, and then was that the same game where I think he returned? Where he he just got like leveled on another play? Like I think he like didn't he get knocked out? Of yeah, the and he fumbled. Yeah, yes. it was. It was. He's he, he's he's quite something. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't really think I have anything else to add. It's uh just hey, wins a win. It was a gritty game. 
thought Kenny played fine. Haven't dug into the tape yet, but um, because the offensive per usual just so stagnant and couldn't get anything going. And I mean, not to, I'm I'm gonna look shift blame away from Kenny because I really don't know if you can blame him. But like Mitchell said, at 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 a point in this game, like. We can blame Canada all we want to, but like we're down so many weapons. Like Deontay's out, Frymuth's out, Calvin Austin was missed a big chunk of this game with being evaluated for a concussion. So like we're running routes out there with Connor Hayward and Darnell Washington and like Miles Boykin. So it's I guess I I can't put it all on Canada on Sunday, but it's uh it's still really tough. And the two plays that in our la- our game winning drive to before the Pickens touchdown, the Pickens touchdown itself that was audibled out of by Kenny at the line uh, into a check because there was zero high safety and Pickens was in man, and then another one to set it up on to the play prior, two plays prior to that, Kenny also audibled out of that. Um, so good, good clutch leadership drive by him and uh, got the win barely. And uh, ho- hopefully we clean some stuff up and it looks kind of have the same momentum we did at post by last year um, and get healthier too. So try to be optimistic going forward. Yes, yeah, Steelers have a bye week six and they come back in week seven, travel to Los Angeles to play where the Eagles just played uh, to take on the Rams. And then from there, we got uh, the Jaguars at home. Who are hot right now. So certainly will be interesting. Some winnable games in the schedule, but you got to take care of business. Talking about Matt Canada is a good transition to our offensive coordinator ranking segment here. All three of us ranked all 32 coordinators and we sent them to Jack. He has compiled our average rankings. So without further ado, Jack, I don't know how do you want to do this, but are you just going to read them all? Because I'm very interested about where everyone lands. Apparently, there's some wild discrepancies. It was very hard to do. Uh, we had to balance many factors, but you know, including but not limited to, you know, the the current personnel, the offense, um, how much of a, you know, influence and in, and. In, clout do they really have on the offensive side of the ball is it their head coach that is mainly responsible for this um all kinds of things but go ahead jack you can take it away however you want to uh, un- unveil these these aggregate rankings um so we'll uh i'll start with the uh, the i want to read the whole thing and we're going to talk in depth about the top five so i'll just start reveal the top five and then i'll just run through them all after that um, okay. So, number one uh, was a consensus across the board. All had we all agreed on the best, and I think it's kind of unfair. Like he yells the head coach, and, but it's not. It's not unfair. It's just credit where credits due. Like he's clearly the best. It's Kyle Shanahan. Um, and you know maybe it's maybe you can attribute like why he's so good is like how he sets up his coaching staff. Like he is the play, like he's the clearly the best OC. They clear the best offense and it's set up that he's technically the OC and head coach 
Um, and then he has a run game specialist and a pass game specialist. So like maybe more teams need to follow that model. But um, I, yeah. I, I want to interject real quick. I don't know if that's possible, though, because there's only one Kyle Shanahan. So you need to have a that's true. Yes, you need yeah, to yeah, have yeah. a guy that's a, an elite play caller to do that. So. Right. Maybe it's got to right. I know. Like. Mike McDaniel kind of comes to mind, like. Or like Matt, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, but. Yeah, so like, we don't really go into depth about Kyle Shanahan. Like, he's clearly the best. The only argument that, like, internally I was trying to make, like, maybe he's not number one, is, like, his weapons are so good he has. His personnel is fantastic, but, I mean... He gets the most, like, the absolute most out of every season. Yeah. But he does have a first round and a second round receiver. Ayuk and Debo. I think Debo is a second rounder. Yeah. Chris McCaffrey is the first round running back. Probably the best in the league. Um, but Kittle, he's an all-pro tight end. He molded out of a fifth-round pick, and uh, most importantly, Brock Purdy. Like he, yep. he made Brock Purdy. Yeah, literally the like, last pick in the draft. He's so. made him like good. Like you can't even argue. Yeah. Like the, oh, he just has good guys. Like he's he's making throws every week. Like <laughs> he's he's good. Like he made Brock Purdy. So like you got he's clearly the one. So move on to two, and also our only other consensus pick. Uh, across the board, Ben Johnson of the Lions. We all had him ranked second. Anyone want a brief word on Ben Johnson? I I love Ben Johnson so much. <laughs> I, I, he, I mean, he's going to be the... I'm assuming he's going to be like the, the top head coach candidate. Uh, he, Agreed. Already, he, he was last offseason pretty much, um, or one of them, but I believe he decided... He, I think he chose to stay with the Lions, if I'm not mistaken. It wasn't them like blocking him or anything. I think he decided he wanted to stay. Um, yeah. So that's one thing I just like about him as a person, the fact that he wants to like see this through before doing something else is cool. But I mean, he's made I mean, we all know that like Jared Goff has always been maybe like a little on the underrated side, but I think Johnson's really like kind of shown how good he can be. He's put him in really good positions to make things happen. Um, the offensive line, uh, just the way that they're able to get obviously having a guy like a Panay Sewell on the right side helps. But like I feel like I feel like we've seen like 15 Panay Sewell clips where it's just him in like the most absurd like spots ever that like right tackle shouldn't be in like whether it's like catching passes or like being like way out there to block like it just there's so much creativity and like we talked about Shanahan and how he gets the most out of like really good guys but like I mean you have Amon Ross St. Brown obviously the running back's good in the like but this cast of characters isn't like an elite like cast by any means I wouldn't say like Amon Ross St. Brown's obviously like an, an elite wide receiver, but they don't have like these like show stopping guys at any position. And they, he's just, he has turned a very sorry franchise into a like a legit like weapon of an offense. And he's just very, very impressive and pretty much has been since he's gotten there. Yeah, I don't have too much more to add. I was a little concerned after that first game. They looked a little shaky, even though they pulled out the wind in Kansas City. But for those first three quarters, they only put up seven points. But ever since then, he's just dialed it up, and they look amazing. I mean, they scored, what, 42 points last week? No Amon Ra? No Gibbs? Yeah. Right. So, I, granted, it's the Panthers, but still, scoring 42 points without your two most explosive uh, offensive weapons is you know, a true testament to how, how good you are. And, yeah, he's, at this point, unless something crazy happens he's got to be the top name in the next cycle 
for head coaching vacancies. Easily. All right, now, uh, okay. now we get to the good stuff. Yeah. This yeah. Is okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next up, uh, one we were pretty, uh, pretty good on. Uh, it's Shane Waldron of the mm-hmm. Seahawks. Okay. Shref ranked him third. Mitchell ranked him ninth, and I ranked him eighth. Okay. So there is some disagreement. Like that tells you something. That's our like most agreed. I was just on. gonna say that the, the fact that he ends up at three when two guys had him at eight and nine is just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, I think. I mean, I so yeah, I had him nine or eight, whatever, and I, I, I no really issue with what he's doing. It's uh having that like argument inside my head. Like, all right, he does he just have good players or is it him? He does have good players, but I guess at some point you got to attribute to that to the coach. And he's been there the past few seasons, I believe. And maybe yeah. you could attribute some of Gino's resurgence to him. Uh, so, I mean, their offense is great. They put, they've been putting up points every week. I don't remember. They may have had one dud week. They had a bye week too, right? So, um, yeah. Do you guys uh, concur? I mean, I I obviously concur. Uh, True. Yeah. I just it he's another like I mean he's certainly gotten he's gotten more out of Gino than I think anyone like when when that rush trade happened it was like all right they're gonna start Gino for the year just to like lose games and then they'll go get a quarterback. And, yeah. No. Uh, his play made that very hard to do, and they clearly decided to stick with him. Um, right. I also I, I I love how he uses Kenneth Walker. I feel like Walker is so like dynamic when you can get him out in space. And I feel like Waldron seems to do a really good job of finding ways to kind of get him on the outside and let him kind of do his thing that he does where he just kind of runs all over the place and makes guy makes guys miss. Um, obviously they're, they're flooded with talent, but I also want to say that like another part that came into my head was they, they started two rookie tackles last year. Yeah. We're like a very successful team. That's not something that happens uh, really like at all. Um, and obviously you have to credit those those two tackles for playing at the level that they did, but there's also a level of coaching that has to come into that. So that was all the things that kind of crossed my mind when I put them up there. Yep. Next up, we have uh, fourth is Dave Canales. Is that how you say his name? I think yes. so. I believe of so. Of the Bucks. Mm. Uh, you guys were similar on him. Uh, Shref ranked him fifth, Mitch ranked him fourth. I ranked him 13th. And I guess, I mean, I'm the odd one out here and I don't really have much of an argument. I just felt more strongly about the guys ahead of him, to be honest. Um, Because I think my mind is like a little still like, all right, Bucks have some pieces in offense, but do they really? Like, do they, they have an older Mike Evans. Mike Evans is still good. So you could just say they still have Mike Evans and Godwin, but is Godwin, he's not Godwin of 2019 anymore. I don't think he's been hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rashad White's a young running back. Um, is the O line still has some injury? I know they lost Jensen, right? The O line. So, yeah, yeah. and the biggest thing is Baker. Like Baker is kind of a cast off, and they're really. I know they only have played four games so far, but they've they've looked decent in three of them. So, the like, and a big reason why they've won three games. 100%. Yeah, I guess and maybe, maybe what I went into it is that they they only played four games. They they look they didn't look great against the Eagles. 
and the games they looked okay and they scored 20 points against the Vikings. They don't have a great defense and they had 20 something against the Bears, which they're not a good defense. So I don't know. I, I, I he's doing good so far, but they haven't it's it, it's not uh hasn't wowed me yet. I guess that'd really be my reason to have him at 13. But Baker does suck, so got to give him props there for putting the three wins together. Yeah, I will um if Sheriff's okay with it, I'll have the first word on on oh, Canales. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was a guy I was I was worried that I'd be too high on. Um but he's an interesting story. I, I read about him and saw a couple of videos. He actually was the strength coach at a uh, USC in 2009 when Pete Carroll was there. And then Pete Carroll left to go to Seattle and he followed him. He was uh, in Seattle's organization from 2010 to 2022. And he was the quarterback's coach last year. So if we just credit Waldron uh, to, for Geno Smith's like breakout season, I think, you know, Canales being the quarterback coach definitely had a hand in that. I'd say for sure. And we got just talked about how the Bucks are playing really well right now. I just want to read off some Baker Mayfield stats. Um, highest touchdown percentage of his career so far through four games. Lowest interception rate through four games. Um, highest QBR by a wide margin through first four games. And highest completion percentage by a wide margin through the first four games. So... Is Baker playing really well? I think if you asked all of us at the beginning of the season, we'd all say Baker is a bottom three to five starting quarterback in the league, and he's playing like at an average level, and that's good enough for this team somehow to to win games. I don't know if it'll be sustainable, but uh, I think getting what he has out of the offense so far is uh, is very impressive, and I like what I see. So I was worried for it to be a little too high, but I'm glad uh, he is the consensus for. Yeah, I was right there with you. The only other thing I'll add is like part of the reason why I bumped him up where I did is that like Todd Bowles is the most like defensive minded head coach that you can get. So they basically brought in Canales and were like, This is your this is your baby. Like go have fun. And the fact that they're doing what they're doing is, is quite impressive considering he had to come in and kind of do his own thing from scratch. Another good point. Mm-hmm. All right, next up number five. Uh, we have we have a discrepancy. Oh boy, we have we have Frank Smith. Okay, Jack ranks oh, five. Okay. Mitchell ranks five. Shreff ranks seventeenth. Oh yeah, that's not too bad. I was expecting worse, but okay. Um, I'm gonna guess Shreff is your reason is that McDaniel is kind of yes. the star there. Which that was, I get. That was, yeah, that was the entire thought. And like this is this is one of those ones where if I went back through and like really like dove into like exactly like if i could really find out like how much weight he carries then yeah. i would obviously bump him up higher but i like i i right now i just have a hard time believing that he i like obviously he has a say like he's the he's technically the offensive coordinator like clearly he does have a say in this but it, it feels like mike mcdaniel is just like kind of a genius maybe not like a shanahan level but it feels like it's like could be trending that way um so that that was the only reason. It's nothing again. There was nothing like specific that jumped out as to like, oh, I got to move him down. But it's more it, it's Mike McDaniel more than anything else that that caused that for me. Yeah, that that's certainly fair. Um, I just this this Dolphins offense is like historically oh, good. Yeah. So yeah, they have the good, again, they have the most yards through week five weeks since ever. Right? Isn't it ever yeah. out of history? 
it's yeah, ever yeah 17 yeah. might, might have been a little a little low <laughs> i'll be honest and he also i think they in yards per game in the nfl i know that we just said they had the most through five weeks in nfl history but i think they have like 90 more yards per game more than the second place team right now which is uh is that's mind-boggling to think about so again yeah it we don't know too much about frank smith um he's not as well known as some of these other coordinators that we're going to be talking about and going over but again if you're involved in a historic offense i feel like you got to be at least in the top eight to ten at the minimum so that's fair All right, so Jack, I, I don't know if you want to just kind of run. We, we kind of just talked about the top five for a little bit more there, but we could just kind of, you could read yeah. them off, any big get, discrepancies, and we could also talk about the guys at the bottom as well. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to read through uh, the rest, and I have a few starred that we disagreed on most significantly, so we can talk about them. Okay. Um, so I'll start from one again just to review. One, Kyle Shanahan, and I'll also say their team in case you don't know, listeners know. One, Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers. Two, Ben Johnson, Lions. Three, Shane Waldron, Seahawks. Four, Dave Canales, Bucks. Five, Frank Smith, Dolphins. Six, Matt Nagy, Chiefs. Seven, Bobby, tied for seven, Bobby Slowick of the Texans. Tied for seventh, Eric Bieniemy of the Commanders. Ninth, Brian Callahan, Bengals. Tenth, Ken Dorsey, Bills. Eleven, Jim Bob Cooter, Colts. 12, Todd Munkin, Ravens. 13, Brian Johnson, Eagles. 14, Kellen Moore, Chargers. 15, Mike LaFleur, Rams. 16, Drew Petzing, uh, the Cardinals. 17, Wes Phillips, Vikings. 18, Nathaniel Hackett, Jets. 19, Press Taylor, Jaguars. 20, Bill O'Brien, Patriots. 21, Brian Schottenheimer, Cowboys. 22, Adam Stenovich, Packers. 23, Alex Van Pelt, Browns. Tied 24, Dave Ragone, Falcons. And tied 24, Mike Kafka, Giants. 26, Tim Kelly, Titans. 27, Luke Getze, Bears. 28, Pete Carmichael, Saints. 29, Joe Lombardi, Broncos. 30, Thomas Brown, Panthers. 31, Mick Lombardi. Raiders and 32, Matt Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Canada was our our third and only agreement across the board. I think that was I, I think I when I did my list, I think I I literally I went Kyle Shanahan wrote one and then I hit I hit enter a bunch of times and put down 32 <laughs> Matt Canada and then I went from there. Yep. <laughs> so um, as you're reading it off there, I think I mean for me personally, I think I was there was only two there was only two that were like big there's Just two off the top of my head that I was that I know that I'm going to be off on. I honestly um, was I was honestly anticipating it to be worse, but go ahead. I'm sure there's some okay. intricacies that you want to want to share that are pretty funny. So the one that I'm most interested in is Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, I I mean obviously consensus wise I was closest because I had him 15th, Mitchell had him sixth, and Shreve had him 31st. Whoa. So we are just middle, like, all over the place. Not middle we're bottom. The, so like, I'm, I'm, I, let's bears discuss the thing you'll hack it. What, what's, what's, what's going on here? <laughs> I, do you want me to start? Sure. Go ahead. Rank him 31st. You can go first. 
he's an Aaron Rodgers merchant. That's all he is. He's an Aaron Rodgers merchant. And I like seems like a nice enough guy. It, it's whatever. Um the Packers years, I, I think when when he left and ended up in Denver, we talked about it at the time, but like a large reason, and like I don't know if Denver's ever like fully admitted it, but like a huge reason why they signed why they hired Hackett was because they thought they were getting Rodgers. Um, they didn't get Rodgers. We saw how that season turned out. And I think even looking at this year with the Broncos, like I know they stink. They're very bad. The offense has been much better than it was last season. Much, much better. Um, the defense has been the thing that's been their, their big bugaboo this year. Um, so the Packers years for me, and like, I mean, Rod, I was Aaron Rodgers' offense. They, they talk about all the time, like the backyard football type of thing. Like he, he made that offense tick. Hackett went to Denver and laid a big old pile of poop there. Um, got canned, got hired by the Jets for the sole purpose that Aaron Rodgers was there. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and I, I, I understand it's Zach Wilson, and I know he played pretty well against the Chiefs. It seems like maybe they figured something out a little bit. I don't know. But for me, I like the success of the Packers in those prior years, I don't really give much of that to Hackett. He was awful in Denver, and then the Jets' offense this year hasn't been anything special. I know they don't have Rodgers, but, I mean, so that it, to me, he hasn't – isn't shown anything to me that's been worthy of putting him high. I, I understand the 31 is probably pretty low. And if I went back, maybe he'd jump up, but I mean, I don't know. I struggle to put him high for that. You're convincing me. Six was a little too egregious. Six, six to me feels pretty crazy. I, I would say six is crazier than 31. No, Jack. No, really? Yeah. I'm, I'm like more swayed to put him up now. Well, I, I again to his credit, I think that yes, it's Zach Wilson. He doesn't have much to be working with. That Chiefs game looks good. I know it's just basing it on off of one game, but I don't know. I I really do think that the head coaching job. I know he's responsible for the offense in a way because he that's his thing. He's the head coach. He's overseeing it all, but. We've said it. I think we've said it plenty of times. I've talked about it with many other people. Some people are just born to be coordinators. Some people are born to be head coaches. And I think that he, like, I don't, as we're more removed from the situation of last season and in the dumpster fire that it was, um, I'm, I'm guess, I'm guess, I'm not giving him a pass, but I'm, I'm becoming less critical for him for that because I just don't think he was meant to be that. Um, I'm definitely excited to see how the season turns out for the Jets. They're a team that I, as we all know, I was very, I didn't, I was off them. Uh, but now I'm starting to like buy back in. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. And obviously Zach Wilson hasn't made tremendous strides. I think he's made a little bit of strides. And uh, I, I think by the season's end, Again, if I had to, if I had some revisions, I would probably <laughs> drop him down. But I think by season's end, he's going to. I think Shref, you would. I think you're going to look back at 31, and you're going to think that's a little crazy. So definitely valid, definitely possible. I just for me, it's just I I'm struggling with the track record to to buy <laughs> all the way in. But I I well, do understand that that 31 is pretty low. I want to push back on the tracker part because, like thinking about it more, I kind of put him higher just because, um. <clears throat> that uh the Packers years he 
I, you shouldn't just, I shouldn't attribute Aaron Rodgers two MVP seasons to Hackett, but he goes to Hackett's offense goes to the Packers. Aaron Rodgers wins back to back MVPs. And then Hackett leaves to take the head coaching job in 21, and that offense didn't look good. People, myself, say Rodgers didn't play well in 2021, or sorry, 2022. Um, and like we're all playing on Rodgers, but maybe I mean that offense changed a lot without Hackett, so he could be the reason for a lot of success there. Before the Packers, I think he got the absolute most out of that Jags Blake Bortles offense. Um, so he reached the ceiling there. I think he's a good coordinator, and Mike Mitchell said I don't think he's fit for a head coach. Um, and then just only viewing him uh, this year, uh, he's. Only got Zach Wilson. That sucks. But even a, a like I really do like this offense has like two good players on it. Honestly, in my opinion, and they just they, they have Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, and like I, I, the O line's not great. Well, yeah, it's really it's really beat up in the O line, and they lost the one really good one that they had for the entire season. Yes, as well. Uh, so he's not he's not working with a lot to be honest here. But I taxed him to fifteenth because. The offense isn't good. <laughs> I don't think the offense is very good. So I mean, how high can I really put him? But I don't. I really, especially without Rogers right now, the situation is not good for him to work with. But I do like his track record. I do believe him an offensive coordinator. One thing I'll say to jump in real quick, it's it's one thing to go into a season knowing you're going to be dealing with Zach Wilson as your quarterback. It's another thing to be preparing all offseason with Aaron Rodgers, and then all of a, all of a sudden. Zach Wilson's your quarterback, so a surprise, a surprise Zach Wilson is not is not the Zach Wilson that. that you yeah, if, if you're going to undergo that, you want to be prepared for it. Yeah, so. all right, I'll 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 concede this one. Thirty one was probably too low. Hey, let's settle in the middle, like me. I was right the whole time. What was the actual consensus for him? Consensus we had was eighteen. So I had okay. You Mitchell six, me fifteen, Shrek thirty one. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Let's see another uh, disagreement. Um, B enemy. I had fourth. He comes in at tied for seventh in the rankings. I had him fourth. Mitchell sixteenth and Shreff tenth. Um, I think he's doing a great job with the Commanders. I had him tenth. I felt like ten was appropriate. I uh, that it was a mix for me. It was like I landed on ten because I I don't I still don't know how much we can attribute the Chiefs to him. I know he obviously had a huge part in it. But, you know, there's so much praise to go around with that team that it's kind of hard to distribute it. Um, and I think he's done a, a very good job with Washington so far. For me, it's just like it, it hasn't like he would have gone higher if they if they had been like like lighting up the scoreboard since he started there. It's been good. It just hasn't been like elite yet. I don't like I think the offense is put a point. So, no, like they. Oh, uh, hold on. Let's game. back up a little bit. I so my pushback is I still think he's a good coordinator. Um I just think he's been, they've been, their offense as a whole has looked pretty inconsistent. Um, that's, more, that's more the word. Like, I feel like with how, I'd have to look at Hal's performances. I feel like we've seen Hal look like, look like a top like five quarterback in football and like a bottom five quarterback in football this, this season. Right. Just going off their games, week one, they played the Cardinals. They won by four, but the Cardinals hung in there for a while. He got sacked a lot. Um, week two, they played the Broncos. He put up 35 points and, but Broncos defense looks like it's a bottom five unit this year. Then they play the Bills and they put up three points. Um, 
So, and they got blown out 37 to three. Then they played the Eagles looked pretty good there. Shreff watched that one close and went to overtime, obviously. But then on Thursday, they play the bears who also are a bottom three unit. They, they scored 20 points, some of that in garbage time. And he made a really, he made some really bad throws in that Thursday night game. So, I just think they've been inconsistent. I don't like how but making those throws isn't when you put that on Howell. Then if they're like it's him making the throws, yeah. But again, I just think in general, I was expecting more from Sam Howell. Um, I also don't like how they're utilizing Jahan Dotson. He's been a pretty non-factor for the first five weeks as well. Um, so again, I, I didn't want to drop him too below. I just would have liked to see a little bit more consistency um, at this point. They got some two relatively easy matchups. I mean, they have the Falcons and the uh, Giants coming up, so maybe they'll get back on track and get some momentum. But like I said, I, I didn't feel too passionate about it, but I, I felt a little caution putting them in like the top eight to six to eight. Maybe I maybe that's what it is for me. Is like I, it almost feels like he's feels like he. I, I understand that like it's it's his type of offense, so he's gonna try to transfer it over. But like. I feel like doesn't Lo- doesn't Logan Thomas have like a ton of catches? Like, isn't he getting like an unreal amount of targets so far this year? I'd have to look to make sure, but I like he's. I think he had like like ten catches against the Eagles or something like it, it, absurd. So it's like you can see the the skeleton of like the Chief style offense kind of getting in there. And while obviously it's a successful model, I'd I'd like to see him kind of not like switch the offense, but find a way to utilize it more for the talent that's at his disposal. Like, like, cause I mean, Mitchell brought up Jahan Dotson. I feel like Terry McLaurin's look good this year, but Jahan Dotson has been like an absolute non-factor pretty much, which feels weird to me. Um, you have a pretty solid duo of Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson who have looked solid, but I feel like we haven't kind of, we haven't really gotten to see them at like full potential yet. So I, like, like I said, like 10, uh, like top 10 coordinator of the NFL is still, fantastic and I, I think we're gonna see it get better and better but for me it's just there hasn't been enough like week to week like oh man for me to move him up yeah i guess that's fair you guys talking about the inconsistency i didn't really i guess like look at that too much well i guess the main reason i had him so high is that he's gotten a lot my, maybe my expectations for sam how well they definitely were lower than mitchell's and i feel like he's gotten a lot out of how um but I I don't see why you should expect you should have expected a lot out of Hal given he's a a fifth round draft pick with no one game NFL experience so I feel like he's done pretty well with with that type of that profile of quarterback. Fair. Um. Let's see what other ones we were kind of off on. Um. Bill O'Brien, I ranked him 27th. Mitchell ranked him 21st. Shreff ranked him 11th. Mm-hmm. Aggregate, he was 20th, so wherever Mitchell is. Um, I guess I'll start. I, I was a low one on him. I I was optimistic at first. Like I, They performed a lot better than I thought they would week one, facing a presumably good defense in the Eagles. Put up 20 five or 20 something like 20, that 25 yeah 20 so they did look good week one and i was like all right maybe bill o'brien's gonna resurrect mac jones like mac jones i don't think he's good but he was somewhat successful decent like 
okay rookie year in the McDaniels, Josh McDaniels system. So maybe if you have a really good system, you could you could be successful with with Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien. He's had a good, uh, a, a, I'd say, a, what he's a solid resume I, um, as a coach. So I was kind of believing him after week one, but week two they put up 17 to the Dolphins, and Dolphins don't really have a good defense, so that's not really that impressive. And then it's kind of just declining since then. Like they, we talked about in this episode, they put up three. Last week, zero this week, and the offense just looks abysmal. And you could, yeah, um, they don't have good weapons. Like they don't have any good players, really. The offensive line stinks. Mac Jones stinks. Like Ramondre Stevenson is the only good player, honestly. But um, the other day, the offense just is not producing whatsoever. So like, I gotta put that on the coordinator a little bit. Yeah, I had a. Uh... A lot of your considerations I also considered. Um, looking back at his track record, it's 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 pretty solid. And I, I, this offense is really the the talent that they have is very bad. God, I don't know how much any of these guys, these coordinators that we're talking about, would really improve it that much. But it's just so bad, and that just has to you have to blame them in some regard. That's why I had them below average. I mean, they're literally averaging six points per game in the past three games. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> um, I this is one of those ones where if I went back and did it, I I still I still don't know if I'd put him as far down as you guys have him, but I'd maybe have him more in like the teens. Um, but if like I I couldn't look past this offense, and I I feel like I've been pretty vocal about my uh, feelings on Mac Jones, and he's done nothing but continue to prove me right on those feelings. Um. I completely agree that at some point, some blame does have to fall on O'Brien for the lack of points that are being scored, no matter what. But I like it, it's really hard for me to overlook this just entire cast of characters that they have on this team, on this offense. Like the O line's as bad as it gets, and I've seen, I've I follow some Patriots guys that have talked about it. But like having Mac Jones, who's not the most like mobile guy in the pocket, he, he's not one that can kind of like you know evade pressure. Um, it's just it's a really bad combination for this team, and there's just no there's no receivers <laughs> like there's no like I know yeah. Juju's like saw like they I, I think Belichick was actually quoted today they asked him about Jacoby Myers because he just had his big game against the Packers, um, and Belichick didn't really like go into too much detail with it but it was like we tried to get him back and didn't didn't get didn't land on it but then they said like I think Juju's getting paid more than Myers is or something like that. More like just about the same, I think. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, I know Juju's had his moments of being good, but like I, I think it's pretty safe to say that Jacoby Myers is probably a better receiver than Juju Smith Schuster is. Um, so it's just like they, they didn't give, they didn't do Mac Jones any favors, but they also didn't do Bill O'Brien any favors. So, like I said, if I went back and did this, I'd probably move him a little further down. But I like, I trust his track record and what this offense could be if they had any semblance of talent anywhere. Well said. Um, I guess I'll do two more real quick. Um, this one, Bobby Slowick. I, I was so confused with him. I didn't know where to put him. You guys, um, Shref, four, uh, so you were in love with Mitchell. You were 14, Mitchell 13. I had him at three. I, uh, I want, I'm, just, I like, I'm extremely higher. impressed with what he's done this year. I wanted to put him higher. I wanted to put him higher, and I, I just, I don't know why I didn't, but it, like, it's it's just so it's so early, but like 
it's so hard to deny how fun this offense has looked. And like, so and yeah, exactly. Think about that before the season, like how yeah. out we were, everyone yeah. was in these skill position, the offensive line, no one had faith in. And on top of that, a rookie quarterback on top of that, the it's a completely defensive minded head coach. So this offense is all on Bobby Slowick. So I'm extremely impressed with what he's done. Like if he, I feel like he would be, it's only his first year as the OC. He came from the Niners, I think with D'Amico. Yes. Um, so if he had a year or two more of this OC, uh, role and like the success, I think he would be a top candidate. And if it continues to next year, he, he could be in conversations. So, uh, I don't know. I was just really impressed with what he's done so far this year. No, I agree. It, him, the other one, and I don't know if you were going to bring his name up, but the Drew Petzing, the Cardinals OC, mm-hmm. I kind of had them in the same bucket where it's like, it's been like pretty wildly impressive what they're doing with the situations they're in. But it's just it's so early that I I don't want to I don't want to throw them way up there too early. But both of those guys stood out to me as like if, if we did these rankings after this year and it continues the way it's going, they they would both be much higher on my rankings. Yeah, Petsing, I had seventh, you fifteenth, and Mitchell had him twenty third, and he yeah. landed right where you were, so sixteenth total. He was another total one that I wanted, I wanted to put. Like I mean, he's got Josh Dobbs looking like yeah, the, that's why I put him seventh. Yeah, we're so out. This Cardinals offense, they're gonna go 0 and 6 17, and he has them. They've, they've had a chance. Doing well, win. they've had a chance to win every game so far. I mean, they put up 28 against a, what was a good defense in the Cowboys, and yeah. they're a, cap- a functional offense. It's kind of crazy. It's nuts. I don't know, Mitch, do you have any thoughts on either of those, real quick? There's one more I want to bring up, too. I forget. Yeah, Sloak is right where consensus, right where I had him. Uh, similar, I mean, it, it's similar for both of these guys um, that didn't know much about them. And I'm not, I mean, they've looked good. The offensive offensive has, but I'm not ruling out it being a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. I could see it fizzling out for sure. We got to remind ourselves. It's still a, a, not even a third of the way through the season. Uh, last one. We had a kind of disagreement on uh, Brian Callahan of the Bengals. I had him 21st. Mitchell had him third. Sheriff had him seventh. So I was the odd one out on this one. Um, Just, I guess, to state my case, I... Their offensive struggles, like, you can put up to Joe Burrow's calf injury. Um... I guess uh, I just could get past like they put up such duds twice this year in four weeks. And then like the one win they did have didn't look good against the Rams. I know. And then now they're all the way back. It looks like this past week, but I guess I was a little harsh. Put them 21st, but I, I've, I really haven't been too impressed. I, I don't think anyone has with their offense, just the Jober injury is really what you kind of chalk that up to. So. And that, and that's what I did. Ultimately, I think they're going to be right as, as a top five offense when he's fully healthy. I don't think you you can't do much when the guy can't even move. They really rushed him out there. Um, and they have the Seahawks this week, then they have a bye. So hopefully that gets everything right for their sake. And then second half of the season, they're just rolling. So 
And we talked about pedigree. I mean, this guy was getting interviewed for head coaching jobs last off season. So he's definitely got that and he's proven himself so far. And I, I, I don't, I, there's some where I'm kind of regretting how we're having him. I don't regret having him that high. Yeah. I still feel good. About, I think you said seven for me. Yeah. Um, I don't have too much to add. It's just, for me, it was, I, I tried, I, I pretty much completely overlooked what's happened the last couple of weeks with them. The, the track record that these last few years, I feel like speaks for itself. And like Mitchell said, the fact that he was getting one, getting interviews, but I, I don't remember Did he just, I guess he just didn't get hired or did, or did the Bengals block teams? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't speak a hundred percent accurately on that. Yeah. But I mean, either way that this is another, like kind of like when we talked about Ben Johnson with the lions, like the, this Bengals team was like a sorry franchise uh, that like had nothing going for it for a little while there. And I'd obviously bringing in like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T Higgins like helps, but you also need a coaching staff. That's going to get you to the point that they're at now where they're just penciled in as like a playoff slash AFC championship team. So like, yeah, he, he had to be, he had to be at least top 10 for me. All right. Fair enough. So that concludes our offensive coordinator rankings. That was pretty fun. Just to, yeah, I like see that. the discrepancy and what and whatnot. So, next week. oh boy, I feel like that'd be even harder. <laughs> oh, it'd be way harder. <laughs> um. Okay, so we're gonna move on to our picks here. Kind of tease it a little bit at the beginning of the show that Shreff got back on track. Overall, it was a good week for all of us. Um. So, let's see. Okay, so we all went two and one. I picked the Packers minus one and a half, which did not hit. Uh, the Jets plus two and a half, which did, and I had the under in the Eagles Rams game, which did hit. So I went two and one, bringing my record to um, ten and five on the season. Jack went two and one. He got the 49ers minus three and a half. That was obliterated. The Commanders minus seven, and they also got obliterated. So uh, two sides of the coin for Jack there on the spreads. However, he finally gets a total right in the uh, Lions-Panthers game over 45. Lions almost did that themselves, scoring 42. Yeah. And the man of the week, Shreff, gets, uh, goes 2-1 and one after going 0-3 in three consecutive weeks. <laughs> he has the Chiefs minus 5.5, which... All right, I'm, after Shreff got screwed by the Rams kicking that field goal in week uh, two or whatever it was... I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about Treff getting a little lucky, but I think that was a little lucky considering there were some flags got picked up in the oh, yeah. in the uh, Minnesota Chiefs game. But hey, a win's a win. He needs them, so they cover five and a half. Uh, the Lions easily cover eight and a half. Um, however, Treff didn't get the Titans Colts over forty two and a half. Which yes, who knows if uh, Anthony Richardson plays that entire game? Maybe there's a little bit more points. So. There's so many Not, field goals kicked. I watched that entire game. I, I think I, I forget how many field goals there were, but there were so many red zone drives that just got stuffed. It was uh Yeah, so overall good week for all of us. Uh two and one apiece. Standings are currently, as I said, for myself, ten and five, Jack nine and six, ref at three and twelve. I will go first. And my first pick, I'm debating between two. They're in the same game. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to go with the 49ers minus six and a half. This is like the third straight week that you've taken my first pick. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, that's the luxury of having uh, being in first. Yeah, 
I, I should be better. Hey, not to toot my own horn, which I'm probably at this point I'm gonna jinx myself, but I've held first place in this uh segment for twenty-three straight weeks. I didn't let it up all last year and I'm through the first five weeks. So there you go. Feels good to go first. I feel really good about San Francisco, minus six and a half. I have a few data points here for that one. Uh Cleveland with a rest advantage uh since twenty twenty, which is the time that Stefanski has been the head coach. So keep in mind, this arrest advantage. They had a bye last week. They're one and eight against the spread, which is the worst in the league. I don't know what that says. I don't know if they, you know, just Cleveland cursed franchise. They don't prepare well enough. I don't know. I'm reading into that, but I thought that was interesting. Um, San Francisco has the seventh best against the spread record in away games uh, since 2017, which is when Kyle Shanahan's been the head coach. And they're also four and one against the spread this year, but they should be five and zero, oh, as we just talked about the Rams game. So feel good about that. You know they say gr- good teams win, great teams cover. San Francisco is doing that, um, and and more. And they're just so good. So I'll take them against a team that could be starting PJ Walker this week, and they're only getting they only have to lay six and a half points. I feel really good about that. So San Francisco minus six and a half. Jack, your first pick. Um, I'm going to go with the Lions, minus three. Okay. Uh, just... um. They're gonna. I haven't looked at the injury report. I I kind of think they're. Are they gonna get Amon Ra and Jameer Gibbs back? I think um, they're gonna get Amon Ra back, but not Gibbs. Okay, yeah, that's what it's so he's more important anyway. So I go first week with him, Williams, Montgomery, uh, back, and um, I I don't know. I just view them as a a definitively better team than the Bucks, and. I know they're on the road. They're at the Bucks, but three points. I mean, they basically just got to win the game. So uh, I liked them to win by at least three. So I'll select the total. Fair enough. Shref, mm-hmm. where would you like to go? Mm. I'm looking at... at... I got three in my in my mind right now. I was considering the Lions. Also, by the way, Jack, I like the Bucks plus three in that one. Jared Goff uh as a lion on the road is six, twelve, and one straight up. Straight up, not against the spread. Straight up. Well, he's probably an underdog a lot of those. Yeah, but they're considerably better at home. Not considerably better. They're 10 and 10, but still, it's not a good record on the road. Go ahead, Treff. Um, if I if I would have gone 0-3 this past week, then there's no way that I would have done this. But since I got back on the right side of things, I feel somewhat more okay doing this. I'm going to take the Eagles minus 7. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker just got uh, hurt for the year, out for the year. Um, I just, like, I... I 
don't know how this Jets offensive line is going to be able to stop the Eagles defensive line. And then on top of that, the quarterback that is back there throwing the ball um, doesn't really give me any confidence that he's going to be able to do much against them. And it feels like the offense is starting to find their stride. I know the Jets defense is very, very good. But um, I know this Eagles offense can kind of duel it out with the best of them. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there's games here that have bigger spreads. That I, I, I feel like this Eagles spread should be a little bigger than it is. So I know I could be doing the, the ultimate mush here with how my track record's been, but I I think it's a good pick. So Eagles minus seven is my first. My question is, would you have done it if you went one and two? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think I had to I had to see the winning record on a week to to feel okay, I think. One, right. and two, one and two probably wouldn't have done it for me. All right, your second pick. Second pick. Mm. Do I want to? No, I don't think I do. I'm going to take the Titans plus four as my second one. Uh, this is the London game, so I'm already just kind of expecting weird things. Both teams have to travel. It, it's not like this Jags game last week where the Jags were there. For the entire week leading up to it, these teams are both traveling uh, at pretty much the same time, it appears. Um, I like the Ravens a lot this year. I think it's it feels like their offense is kind of starting to get it figured out a little bit, slowly but surely. I know you guys watched it up close this past week, but obviously Jack talked about uh, part of it with like the amount of drops that were had in the passing game. Like the You, you can see the, the skeleton of the offense working. They're just not executing it. Um, so I don't think that the Titans' defensive line is a good one you want to go up against uh, when you're still trying to kind of figure some stuff out. Um, I think the Ravens can certainly win this game, but it feels like it's going to just be like a gross, like kind of back and forth with like not much happening kind of game. So I'm I'm going to take the Titans to kind of get within that number. I don't know if they'll win the game, but I I think they can keep it within a field goal. Yeah, I definitely lean Titans as well. Um... So I agree with that one. Jack, uh, your second pick. Uh, I'm going to get mine out of the way this week. Chiefs. Eating the 10 and a half. That's the one I was debating between. Yeah, I uh, I look at the um, the Bills are hosting the Giants and they're 14-point favorites, and I don't see why the Chiefs yeah. are only 10.5-point favorites, the Broncos, right? Yeah. Too. Yeah. Like it like um, I think it's a very similar situation. And on top of that, like Mahomes has dominated the Broncos. So um you've never lost them. I know, whatever. It's not a loss versus eleven point win, but they should win by double digits. I'd expect definitely expect them to. Um so yeah. I know it's a lot of points to to, to be laying, but that's a team that you trust. Uh, Kelsey, I just got alerted, is expected to play too. So, uh, yeah, Chiefs minus 10 and a half. You know, I like that one. That, that was the other one that was I was in my head between, but I I didn't want to go two big spreads for my two picks, so I, I declined, but I, I like that pick. Yeah, so... I'm going to do something that I don't know if we've done before. Uh, I'm going to look at the weather right now just to make sure of something. Uh, So allow me to give, just give me 10 seconds here. Okay, we're we're good to go. So 
I'm going to be going with... Mm, I'll do it. I'm going to go with the San Francisco-Cleveland uh, over 37 and a half. How do you guys feel about that one? I don't mind it. it it's just... It's so it, it it's such a low number, and it's the 49ers offense that that's yeah. And the defenses are both so good, but it is the Niners that offense is, that that's why. Well, sure. that's the thing, right? So I don't yeah I don't really care how good the defenses are. Like, or, I know it, it could be PJ Walker playing quarterback here, but this is the best offensive league by far, and they have no business playing in a game where the total is 37 and a half. That's just right. like. That doesn't make any sense to me. They could put up 38 by themselves. I wouldn't bet an eye. Well, and they just, and, I mean, they just scored 42 against the Dallas defense that we've all talked about as a top five defense. Like, I mean. Right. And it's just, there's also this. I mean, I know Watson hasn't played, but if he does play, that total is going to go up for sure. So I potentially could be buying low on this one here as we're recording on Wednesday night. But it just, I feel like I, I'm not a big over guy. I usually take unders, but that just seems too low for that good of a team. So I'll be going over 37 and a half there. Um, and my second pick, I'm kind of debating between two. I could be going going with a team that I, has been kind to me so far in this pick segment, but I could also go with a team that's burned me. Mm. I don't know which one I like better. They're both underdogs. I'll go with uh, Arizona plus seven. Um, reasoning being, divisional game could be close. The Rams are five and ten against the spread as a home favorite since 2021, which is when Stafford got there. So I don't know. That's something. Cardinals are frisky. They burned me once this year. I took them plus 14 against the Niners, and they lost by like 19. So. I think they'll get get me back here another divisional game and uh and hopefully they cover. So Arizona plus seven. Uh my last pick, same game I picked uh my first pick from. I'm gonna go to the over in the Lions Bucks. Uh our number two overall and number four overall uh offensive coordinator in our rankings. So uh feels like a game that's Gonna be points gonna be scored and forty three and a half isn't too high, so it could be like twenty four twenty, uh, and I get that. So get both twenty four twenty lines cover and the over. Uh, so I uh, I like it there. Okay, Jeff, your final pick. Mm, between two on totals here, I'm gonna go. Mm. Oh, man. Give me the under 42 and a half in the Texan Saints. Okay. I'm going to go under. Um, I know that we were, we were talking a lot about Bobby Slowick. We love Bobby Slowick, but this Saints uh, defense just seems to, like, I don't know. They, they just don't let up points, really. <laughs> I don't know how they, they just continue to find ways to not put up points, and their offense continues to find ways to, like, I mean, I know they put up 30, what was it, 35 against the Patriots, but overall this year, the, this, this Saints offense hasn't really been getting the job done whatsoever. Um, so to me, it feels like the Saints defense is going to be able to at least neutralize 
uh, CJ Stroud a bit. And I, I think they've been pretty good against the run. And the Texans haven't been able to get as, as good as the passing offense has been. They haven't really been able to get much of a run game going. Damian Pierce has been pretty lifeless so far. Um, so yeah, th- this feels like a game where I don't, I don't really foresee a lot of like quick scores happening. It feels like some drives are going to have to be like, you know, kind of built and it's going to have to be long ground and pound a little bit. So 42 and a half feels a little too high for that. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the under. I do like the under in that one as well. Um, all right. So to recap, uh, I have the 49ers minus six and a half, the Cardinals plus seven and the 49ers Browns over 37. Jack has the Lions minus three, the Chiefs minus ten and a half on Thursday, and the Lions Bucks over forty three and a half. And Shreff goes with his Eagles to cover seven, the Titans getting four in London, and the uh, Saints and Texans under forty two and a half. Any honorable mentions for this week? Um, I almost I was debating with the under in the Dolphins Panthers game, um, but I couldn't do that with with Mike McDaniel looming there. It was, it, it, it's a big number for a Panthers offense that hasn't done like anything this year. So that was my only thought, but I, I didn't want to do that and then have the dolphins just score 70 again. And then I'm just like, oh, right, now I feel dumb. So, I, so I stayed away from it last minute. Yeah. If you did that, they would, they would score hundred percent. So I just, I, I just, I just eliminated the opportunity for that to happen. <laughs> I love that one. That's the system I use a lot. If the spread's I, that, nine and a half, nine and a half or bigger. Yeah, nine and a half or bigger, the under hits at like 59, 60%. So, yeah, but, the, um, but Mike McDaniel might be, might be over under proof. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of my honorable mentions as well. The one that the spread I was debating was Seattle plus three. Um, Meet Carroll's an underdog is the fourth best against the spread since he's took over as head coach and they had a bye last week. So maybe time to get healthy. I like Seattle getting the points there. I like a money line too, potentially. I know they're on the road. Um, I like the over in the London game. The Ravens struggled last week, but Titans defense is less scary than that. You know, Steelers just have the Ravens number. So um, I think they could definitely see some more points. I like the over 41 in that one. And uh, I like Texans getting a point and a half. I think they're going to win. I think they're the better team right now. Jack, you have any? Uh, not really. I I did like Shreff's. I lean Titans plus four. I I don't, I don't know. I wasn't confident to pick it. Obviously. Um. I kind of like the Seahawks plus three to steal one on the road. I mean, maybe just because I'm rooting for it because I'm not rooting for the Bengals. But, um. Another one, and again. That's why I didn't pick it. Don't really know the thing of this game. The the Cowboys Chargers like that's Cowboys are favored by two and a half on the road. To the Chargers. I don't know what to think about that game at all. Yeah, that could uh, that could go a lot of ways. Yeah. All right, folks, that's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next week uh, with our Week Six recap, Week Seven preview, and uh, good luck to all your teams. Enjoy uh, the bye week if you're a Packers or Steelers fan. See you.